The Toronto Raptors went 2-1 and one in preseason. We are now on to the regular season. Lots to discuss today. We're going to do our version of the NBA GM surveys. We've got our football picks, some Raptor talk, and much more. Before we start, be sure to check out ballandroll.com for the best NBA content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Usually I start off with you, Kev, but today is a somber episode of the Pick and Pod. John, Giannis snubbed us. How are you doing? How are you getting through this, man? Honestly, man, when I heard the news, the grim news, I just got out of the shower. I was completely shocked. I don't think anybody was expecting Giannis to uh, sign with the Bucks this early anyway. People were expecting Giannis to sign after the season. So to hear him re-up before this season started, it was a big shock to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. But I think the funniest thing was just looking at Raptors Twitter and then everybody was just completely down. It was really mm-hmm. sad. And then, you know, people started, like, changing their names. And it, it was just really sad because we, we, we were really hoping that Giannis could come to Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, that open gym video came out the other day where we saw Messiah Jiri really try to pursue Giannis in the draft in 2013. Mm-hmm. And that didn't come to fruition. Yeah. So, you know, the new... The new one now is Giannis to Toronto in 2025, but by then he'll be 31 years old. So I'm not sure how good that is, but, you know, life goes on, man. You're just going to have to pivot to the next the next big mm-hmm. thing. And I think the Raptors, they have probably a couple different plans, knowing that Giannis couldn't have been a mm-hmm. surefire thing to come to Toronto. Right. And everybody has backup plans, but, John, how are you getting through that? I'm just in denial, man. I, I just... I've just blocked out the name in my head. You know, mm-hmm. when something like this happens, you just have to try to not think about it as mm-hmm. much as you can. Just block it out. Literally, I, I don't even know who that guy is anymore. That that's I mean, you're playoffs. Kev, now now on on to you. How are you doing? But by the way, before you say anything, Kevin Malachi Flynn is the next Steph Curry. And Matt Thomas is the next Clay Thompson, so we don't really need you. No, before I say how I'm doing, but Rich, I have to, I have to walk you away from your delusion. Last year, you said Stanley Johnson is the next Kawhi Leonard. It's so. Here's how. Here's how the Raptors' future looks like. We got Malachi Flynn, Steph Curry. We got Matt Thomas, Clay Thompson. We have OG Ananobi, who is. Kawhi Leonard, and then we have Stanley Johnson, who is Walmart version Kawhi Leonard, which is still a pretty good player. And then that we have Yakum version. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's dollar store version of Kawhi Leonard. He's not even Walmart. I wouldn't even put him in the 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 basket. You know, the five dollar movie basket. I wouldn't even put him in there for Kawhi Leonard's. Damn. Okay. Well, we got OG Ananobi, who's going to be Kawhi Leonard. Okay. He's going to take a big step. But other than that, man, I'm doing great, bro. I mean, we talked about this before the episode started. It's it's a great day. We got college football starting. And not starting. We have college football championship day today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have NFL games today. You know, starting next week, NBA regular season starts off. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited. So this was one of the off seasons I really enjoyed. There were some moves that happened, which could really alter some of these conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, when it comes to the standings and things like that. So I'm excited for that that drama especially when you see like uh, who is it uh Kyrie Irving returning back to his home uh, well not old home Boston and then what, he was burning sage all around the stadium that was interesting so th- there's going to be some quirky interesting things that happen this year which I'm excited for so I'm feeling great man Rich how you feeling you know now knowing that Giannis has uh, chosen to stay in Milwaukee over Toronto and you know knowing the fact that we made a wager last November, I believe. Last November. Time. Last time I saw you, it's the last November, I believe, where uh, wager was uh, if Giannis joins the Raptors, I would become a diehard Raptors fan. I will abandon <laughs> Chicago Bulls and I would become a diehard Raptors fan. Thank goodness, Giannis did this for me. He knew the pain I would suffer. He, oh, he yeah. knew. You no, know, I, I. He didn't want me to endure a Malachi Flint being my next Clay Thompson. Therefore, he did that for me. Thank. God, Giannis has kept you a Chicago Bulls fan. Enjoy <laughs> Shiano Felicio run up and down the court. I mean, Thank- we were three and one in the in the preseason. I'm not putting too much weight into it, but Patrick Williams looked nice. 
Uh-huh. Kobe looked electric. Uh-huh. Zach Levine always good. Laurie Markkinen started stepping it up. Say what you want. We have a functioning team now. We have a coach. We have a GM. We have. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, we have, and we have a pre- new president of uh, basketball operations who knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. And we have a team that functions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Alicia, do you have one of those? We have one of those. Dude, we got we, Alex Lynn, bro. Dude, we we also have like five different Cristiano Felicios in our G League. Nope. Don't have nope. one of them on our main roster. You don't have a Cristiano Felicio. Nobody does. We do. <laughs> Anyways, I'm I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm uh, trying to get over the honest news. Um, if anything, I'm not really sad. I'm just like upset. I'm disappointed that he made the decision right now because I was very prepared for a year of drama a a year of like rumors and now i don't have any of that like the 2021 offseason like it's not as fun anymore like paul george got extended um lebron got extended Giannis got extended like all the fun free agents are now off the market so like next year's offseason is just not as exciting anymore so it's on to the next thing and um Let's talk some Raptors, shall we? Yes, sir. Um, so, first of all, guys, um, let's just stick with the Giannis stuff. And I'm going to start off with you, uh, John. Obviously, the Raptors have to pivot. Giannis is clearly their number one choice uh, for next offseason. So, what do you think the Raptors do from here? Obviously, there's been a ton of rumors about James Harden. We have no idea what's going on there. The, Rap- uh, the Rockets seem like they're trying to facilitate some sort of three-team trade. What... What are your thoughts on the Raptors' next steps? Well, honestly, I think they're already primed still to make a move in 2021 free agency, regardless if Giannis and guys like Paul George and LeBron aren't in the mix. You know, Mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard's still in the mix, potentially, but I also heard that he could potentially sign an extension with the Clippers. So we don't really know what the market's going to look like, but names like Rudy Gobert, Victor Oladipo... DeRozan, Drew Holiday, and Kyle Lowry are probably the marquee names that are going to be available in 2021. So that seems like the most logical thing is to pick up a top free agent in 2021. You know, a guy like Rudy Gobert, we'd, our center position right now isn't the strongest. So if we got an interior defender like him, it would really bolster our defense even further. And I think it would really take our defense to the next level. But I think the thing that the Raptors should do now more than ever is to extend OG Ananobi because they weren't going to extend him if Giannis is going to be on the board because that's just going to be more cap that wouldn't go to Giannis. But now that he's gone, I think the Raptors should extend their best young player that is on a rookie scale deal right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, OG's defensive versatility he can bring, his three-point shooting – it's just super valuable as a role player, mm-hmm. and as we know, he's he's still developing his offensive game, so there's still potential for him to grow into something greater than just a mm-hmm. super role player. So that's right. I think number one, that's what the Raptors should do. But as we're talking about like James Harden, I think the Raptors can still make a deal for James Harden. It's just dependent on whether other teams around the league are willing to trade you know, those big name players in order to acquire Harden. So mm-hmm. if the Sixers aren't willing to give up Ben Simmons, then that deal's not going to go through. And, you know, there's a lot of other deals on the table as well. But mm-hmm. I really think if it comes to the situation where James Harden is in a similar scenario as Kawhi Leonard was a couple years back, the Raptors mm-hmm. could potentially make a deal for, you know, James Harden, whether that's including Lowry to, you know, match the salaries and then adding a bunch of young players and picks if you Mm -hmm. put james harden alongside a guy like pascal siakam i think it's going to benefit both of them you know because siakam he thrives better as a secondary uh, scorer in the offense rather than as a first first option although we'll have to see how he adapts this season but Mm -hmm. if he played alongside a guy like james harden it's just a lot easier for pascal and Pascal can help shore up the defense when uh, James Harden doesn't feel like playing defense, I guess. So it makes sense for for me in that uh, in that case. But honestly, that that's all that's all the Raptors can really do right now on a player 
um, on a player base. But right. I think the Raptors should also just extend the front office as soon as they can. You know, Masai Jiri came out the, uh, the other day saying that uh, Bobby Webster was already getting his deal done. So mm-hmm. hopefully that happens as well. But all in all, it doesn't seem like the Raptors are in that bad of a situation because mm-hmm. they still got all the money that they have for 2021. And they still have a lot of young pieces that they could potentially use to acquire a superstar player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Actually, um, I never really thought about putting Kyle Lowry in, in a tray for James Harden. That's kind of interesting. Like, I don't really know exactly what the James Harden market looks like. I can't imagine how much the Rockets want for a guy like James Harden because James Harden's still very controllable for the next, like, three years. And I don't think it's a bad contract necessarily because, I mean, James Harden is still one of the best players in basketball, right? So, like, if the Rockets are saying, okay, let's just start off fresh, let's go young, 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 would a trade for, like, centered around Kyle Lowry make sense for them? Because then Kyle Lowry comes off the books next year, and then they have, like, all that money that they owe James Harden just immediately just comes off. Just, you know? So yeah. that's something I think is curious. Kev, what do you think happens with that whole James Harden situation? I wouldn't trade for James Harden. Like, as a Chicago Bulls fan, I don't want him. And if I were a Toronto Raptor fan, I wouldn't want him right now. I, but why? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about James Harden. I've just never found that big appeal that, um, uh, well, I mean, I get the big appeal, but I, I don't see him as a guy who I can just build a championship uh, championship team around. That could be based off what media is portraying him to beat uh, mm-hmm. how he is to me uh, with the whole debacle between him and Chris Paul, everything like that. You know, that could be it. But I've just never really completely bought into James Harden. What I would do with a team like Raptors, man, trust in your young guys right now. Develop mm-hmm. your young players. You just won a championship. You're not in that point where, like, okay, let's go for another one right now. Let's go for another one right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, trade uh, trade um, Kyle Lowry, but I would trade it for draft picks or some young prospect who you can work on and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then just work on your young guys, man. You have a very solid young core over there. Mm-hmm. I, I I love OG Ananobi. I, I, I love Chris Boucher. Like, I love all those guys. Like, just work on him, build him up, and then see where you can go from there. But I don't know. Uh, well, like, I, I feel like Harden is really expensive right now. Way no, too expensive yes. to bring, bring, bring him over. I, you would have to chop off your legs, your arms, and maybe one of your kidneys. That's the only way you'll bring him over. And what are you left with? Well, see, that's actually one of the things you don't have to give away because my kidneys aren't worth $40 million to make the salary back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm not, I'm not even speaking salary, Richard. Like to bring yeah. him over is a trade piece, right? Like you, he's not a free agent. Well, that's that's the thing. I think I think one. I think James Harden is getting a really bad rap from the media. Sure. Yeah. James Harden is one of the best, if not the best, just natural scorers that the NBA has ever had, and he's mm-hmm. still controllable for three years. It's a big contract, but. Like, this guy gives you so much offensively that no one has ever given you. And, like, he's like the the rap that he's bad at defense, that's not that hasn't been a thing for like three years anymore. Yeah. So, like, what I've been seeing on Twitter lately is a lot of people saying that James Harden is terrible, how he's bad for a team, that he's toxic. But, like, what I'm also seeing from the, the Houston Rockets is their general manager left. He didn't really have to, but he chose to leave. Their coach, head coach, left on his own accord. Russell Westbrook wanted to leave. You know, there's constantly been rumors that there's a conflict between ownership and the front office. Like, it just seems like there's terrible, just terrible culture in the Houston Rockets organization. Like, I'm listening to, like, PJ PJ Tucker talk to the media about his contract situation, and he seems like there's something going on that's not too good in in Houston, you know? So, like, every superstar player is going to have something that makes him weird. I'm sure James Harden does, too. I'm sure, like, with the whole Chris Paul thing, like, they didn't get along, whatever. Superstars argue it's a superstar-driven league. A lot of them are divas. You look at every single team, there's something about a superstar that you're not going to like. I still think 
James Harden is an incredible player. And if a team like the Raptors facilitates a trade to get something like that, like I think that pushes the Raptors to con- to a contending team. Like don't forget, three like a few years ago, the Rockets were on the doorstep of the NBA Finals and didn't make it because Chris Paul just got hurt and they were playing the Golden State Warriors. Like the the Rockets were supposed to be in the NBA Finals and probably win the finals with James Harden. You know, so, so I, my, I sorry. My question is this, Richard. Okay, yeah. I don't. We we all know how good James Harden is. This guy, he uh, as soon as he hit the league coming off the bench for OKC, he was a spark plug. Ever since yeah. he got the high usage percentage with Houston, he was electric. One of the greatest scorers of all time, if not one of the greatest scorer of all time, because he can score in some of the most versatile ways that most players cannot. Known fact. But how did you get Kawhi Leonard? You gave up DeRozan, Jakob Potl, and what, what? did you give up any draft? I think you gave up a first-round draft pick, did you not? Yeah, we gave up. Okay. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah first round pick. Yeah. I, I, as of right now, from what, what I'm seeing on the score and other uh, like new, news articles, the asking price for James Harden is much higher. Much oh, higher. Yeah, obviously. Really high. I'm I have no give- idea what it could be, but I'm assuming it's like... Dude, if three, it's ben four, like, I, yeah, I, I've heard it's Ben Simmons, Matisse Tybal, and three first rounders. That's what the Rockets asked for from the Sixers. Exactly. So what what, what would you give up uh, if you were the Raptors GM? Like, what are I, what are you going to give up for James have, Harden? Obviously, there's a limit to how much you're willing to give up. I yeah. would, if it's Kyle Lowry and picks and Norman Powell, I would. Um, it, it really depends. Like, I'm the way I'm thinking about it is. When the OKC Thunder traded Paul George, uh, sorry, um, when the OKC Thunder acquired Paul George, wait, what was that trade? The one that where- was Sabonis oh. and Oladipo, right? Okay, no, 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 sorry. When the Clippers acquired Paul George from OKC for like that absolute haul, mm-hmm. where it was like so many draft picks, there were. Um, uh, Shy gives you Alexander. Wait, am I talking about the right trade? For some reason, yeah, I can't. Right, right. Shy, Shy uh, Danilo Gallinari. Um, there was like a lot of first round picks. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember the remaining okay. pieces. But... Here we go. Paul George traded to the Clippers for Danilo Gallinari, Shy, and five first round picks. Hmm. So I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, that was Paul George's final year of his contract. Yeah. Correct? Yep. So, and this was after Paul George was coming off a season where he was a top three, like, finalist for the MVP. James Mm -hmm. Harden is better than Paul George. James Harden has been a finalist for the MVP for the last, like, three years and won an MVP. And he has two extra years of control than what Paul George had. So I cannot even imagine what the package should be. If that's what Paul George got, like, it's going to have to be, like, seven first-round picks, like, everything um, a whole so, bunch of your uh, young players sorry a whole bunch of your young players i mean you look at a team like houston houston if they lose james harden now they're not yeah. in a win now mentality they're more of in a, rebu- a rebuilding mentality at that point. honestly, honestly get- i don't even know because like they might get such a haul yeah they might be right back in it they, they could still be nice with john wall you know boogie <laughs> cousins christian wood Mm-hmm. Yeah, to pick up a guy like Norman Powell, OG, you know. Yeah, yeah. but picking up OG or Norman Powell, first of all, you got to give up OG and Norman Powell. I'm sure it's worth it at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. picking up that, would that fill the void of James Harden? Would that be enough to compete in the Western Conference against LeBron James, against like um you know partially healthy Golden State Warriors, against the up and coming uh, Denver Nuggets? No. At, at the end of the I day, have, if I'm I, Houston and I'm giving up a guy like James Harden. Either I get talent that's you know could be equivalent of that one day, a, aka Ben Simmons, not at the CFL, yeah. but uh, the star level, or yeah. I have to pull apart every viable organ from another team and every future uh, help that they can get with trade assets. That's the only yeah. way I'm getting rid of James Harden. And as a Raptor team right now, okay, let me take it back to your other analogy with OKC and. Yeah. Uh, 
So Clippers, they were okay in doing that because they had a guy like Kawhi Leonard there, and Kawhi wanted Paul George over there with him. Kawhi wanted another star to come and play with him. So they went and got Paul George and brought him to him. What else is this team supposed to do other than to listen to Kawhi Leonard? Makes sense. Yeah. Right? That, that makes sense. But a team like Raptors, right? You yeah. get rid of some of your core players. You get rid of your future draft picks. You know, say even if you get rid of Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry, you bring yeah. over James Hart, then what? Yeah, I, I guess it just there's just not a lot. Uh, there's not a lot the Raptors have to gain for what they're going to have to sacrifice to get a James Harden. I don't, I don't know what the Rockets are trying to get right now, but the amount that a team is going to have to give up for James Harden, I just don't know if it's worth it. I don't know. I, no I think the market will be a little bit better for him next season if he doesn't get traded this season because it'll be uh, – this he'll be on his uh, last two years of his deal, and yeah. the last year of his deal has a player option. So mm-hmm. he'll be in a similar situation to uh, what Kawhi Leonard was a couple of years back. Yeah. But as of right now, the asking price will be a lot because there is that extra year of uh, team mm-hmm. control that the team acquiring yeah. him can have. So that's why the I think the Rockets are trying to ship him off now because they could get the best possible deal right now, which as next season, the market's going to be a little bit down. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll see what happens there on the James Harden front. But back on to the Raptors. Um I got a chance to watch a couple of their preseason games, some good stuff that I was able to see, um some roster stuff it seems like the Raptors have uh they've cut O'Shea Brissett, good Canadian boy. They also cut Elise Johnson or how I prefer to call him Alize Johnson and they also mm-hmm. cut Henry Ellenson. Um, the way the ro- the roster kind of looks now is we got Lowry, Flynn, um, Johnson, we got Van Vliet, Thomas, Davis, McCaw, um, and Anobi Powell, Jalen Harris, who is the Raptors' second-round pick, who um, is m- most likely to get that two-way player um, tag. And then they have Siakam, Bembry, Watson, who was just converted into a full-time player. So his two-way um, tag has been lifted. Uh, Utah won a Nobby. Uh, seems yes. like he's going to be the other uh, two-way guy, and then Baines, Boucher, and Len. How have the Raptors looked to you guys so far in preseason? Because there's been some things that I really, really liked. Like I really enjoyed watching Malachi Flynn play. I think, I think he's NBA ready. His shot looks NBA ready. How shifty he is defensively. Like there's some tools there that I really, really like. Like Van Vliet has looked good. Thomas has looked good shooting the ball. Um, Terrence Davis has honestly looked quite good uh, during um, preseason. Same with guys like Utah Watanabe, like Bembry has looked really good defensively. Um, so what do you guys think? Go ahead, Kev. I, I got a lot to say, but uh, okay. you can go first. I'm not going to take too much of the time because you guys are the Raptors guys, so I'll leave it up to you. But I just have one thing to say. Utah Watanabe, that's my guy. There's only two active Japanese players in the league. One is Rui Hachimura. <laughs> And the other one is Utah. So I'm I'm all in on this guy. This guy is going to be your next, uh, I don't know, who, uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin okay. Durant. Yeah, that's probably the closest comp I can do for Utah Watanabe. Is so, he okay, 52 years away from being two years away, though? He's 26. He's always been two years away from being two years away. Damn. You're going to make the Utah Watanabe fans really mad because uh, all I can say is Raptors Twitter loves him. Dude, I love him. I love him. I, I'm just saying I'm I'm completely bought in on him. I think the potential is going to be – he's got Jeff Green's potential. It's never-ending. It's yeah. going to hit one day, maybe one game, but it will hit. So that that's my guy. So that's all I have to say. I mean, Raptors preseason, I, I, I love Chris Boucher. That's why I picked him late in my fantasy draft because I think he's going to be such a huge uh, – piece in your uh, def- defensive scheme and so- also in your offensive scheme as well. If he – adapts and plays well in your system and makes smart smart plays right so i I love boucher i love the rest of your team and uh i'm excited for i'm excited for og this year i hope og takes the league by a storm and another thing i'm disappointed about not enough talk about pascal he had a down year last year i get it but you know it's still a great year Uh, but (laughs) down in a sense you know in his trajectory wise it, it took a little dip but I think he deserves a little bit more respect too. So I, I, I'm hoping OG does well, Pascal does well, Utah does well, and Boucher does well. That's the end of my Raptors talk. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, John, go, go ahead. I actually wanted to ask, John, I wanted to ask you about Pascal Siakam as well, because of all the Ooh. players, he's been, like, obviously, it's still preseason. Preseason, they haven't played an NBA game in a few months, but he's looked kind of cold shooting the ball. But yeah. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go and uh, say what you got to say. So I, I just want to mention something I saw on Twitter. I think, I forgot who it was, but it was someone from the Raptors Twitter community and they were saying how we probably haven't seen Pascal finish efficiently at the rim since like March. So that's that's pretty fair assessment from what I've seen. And I've watched pretty much all the Raptors games from, you know, since the pandemic happened and then after that. But, you know, I, I don't think we have to put too much stock on Pascal's struggles right now because, like you said, it's preseason. Players are still trying to get into the rhythm. Not everyone's going to be in midseason form like Kyle Lowry was versus the Heat yesterday. So, you know, we don't have to put too much stock in Pascal yet. But, you know, the encouraging signs we've seen from Malachi Flynn, you know, I was really high on him coming into the draft, just looking at his college, you know, film and highlights. But he seems like the perfect point guard for the Raptors moving into the future. He seems like Fred 2.0. You know, hopefully he picks up a little bit of Kyle Lowry's uh, tenacity on the defensive end. You know, maybe teach him how to take a few charges here and there. And like you were saying earlier, he's just already a really good uh, operator in the pick and roll. He's great off the bounce, shooting the three. So you you got to like what you see there. And I just want to say, too, that the NBA is like disrespecting Malachi Flynn because he thoroughly outplayed LaMelo Ball in the two games they played against Charlotte. And then you don't see any highlights about Malachi Flynn whatsoever. I mean, mm-hmm. I get it. LaMelo Ball, he's going to bring in the views. But... Malachi Flynn thoroughly outplayed him those two games. Like, let's get that clear. And, you know, as, as in terms of the other Raptors pieces, you know, Chris Boucher, I, I get that Kevin's super high on him. But as I've seen the stuff I've seen in the preseason so far, I don't know, because he's fouling a little bit too much still. John, can I tell you exactly why Kevin's high on Chris Boucher? Sure, sure. Kevin drafted him in fantasy. Yeah. He's not sending it. That's it. Now Kevin Ryan's with this guy now. Like, well, just ignore I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't know if Chris is going to do too well in this new role because he's still getting, you know, and it's part of his frame. He can't really, you know, get on the glass as well as other bigs. And he's a little bit um, undersized just in terms of weight. So mm-hmm. that's going to hinder his ability to really be effective in the paint. He's still going to be a streaky shooter. You know, he's still going to get blocks here and there. So he's going to do that for Kevin's fantasy team. But uh, Boucher, I don't know. It seems like Alex Len was doing a little bit better in uh, preseason than him. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have to see what happens with that rotation. But Mm -hmm. Baines is looking really good, too. He's shooting the three pretty well, and he's Mm -hmm. doing well on defense. And, you know, the Raptors, they seem more or less about where they were last year. Maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit of a step back because the East has gotten a lot better with you know, the Nets getting back healthy with their full roster, mm-hmm. Boston's still there, and Philadelphia got a little bit better too. So I expect the Raptors to take just a tiny step back in the standings, but they'll still be a very competitive team in the East mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so one second, Rich. Okay, so Alex Len, he's a poor man's uh, Jonas Valachunas. Valachunas. However, Charles Barkley says it. Come on, Charles. Valanchuning? Huh? I I love that guy. Anyways, but a guy like that will always strive in a team like Raptors. He's going to be a 10 and 10 guy. That's just the way those guys are. But Chris Boucher, I'm I'm ready to make a gentleman's wager with you. A gentleman's wager, 10 points. uh, He'll average 10 points, six boards, and two blocks per game throughout the season. I'll take I that. think it'll be closer to like 7.8, 6.8, and like 1.5. You're going like fig- a figure skating scoring system over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, I'm going to go with like a 9.62. Nah. Uh, no, let's make this wager. 10, 6, Kev, three I'm, I'm re- Wait, I'm ready, Kev. What's up? Okay. Tell me the wager. Let's go. Uh, oh, dang. This is, this is good. Let's not make it monetary. Let's not make it... Uh, uh, you know, dinner or anything, because like I already owe you guys all keg Kev, dinner. Kev, um, if if what? 
Chris Boucher averages 10.6 points per game. I'm going to jump off a cliff. No, absolutely not, because he will. Um, and you should talk <laughs> about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, l- let me just think about this, and we'll get back to it on a later date. But that that's a wager. We'll all shake out of right now. The terms of the wager will come out in the next episode. Okay. 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 All right. All Sounds right. good. Okay. Um, okay. Anyways, guys. Um, but yeah, the way I kind of the way I kind of see the Raptors this year, I agree with everything that um, that John said. Um, I think they're going to take a step back. The East has gone a ton, a ton better. Um, but I think this is still an important year in terms of development. Um, the Raptors clearly had a plan this offseason, which was to maintain cap flexibility. They did that, and um, they filled in some of the holes that um, they were going to have, especially with a guy like Baines. So I, I'm just curious to see what kind of strides a guy like OG and Anobi takes. I'm curious to see what kind of strides a guy like Pascal Siakam takes. Like I can fully envision a world in which OG and Anobi develops into a better player than what Pascal Siakam uh, could be. I'm curious to see what Malachi Flynn does in a full NBA season. I want to see um, how Fred Van Vliet plays now that he has a max contract because, I mean, Kyle Lowry's time with the Raptors is it's coming to an end. He's older. He's a free agent after this year. Um, so I'm really, really curious to see what happens with this Raptors team heading into next season where they're going to have a ton of flexibility and there's still going to be a ton of players that are going to be free agents, like a Victor Oladipo or Rudy Gobert. So really curious to see what the Raptors do. Um, yeah, for sure. Anyways, guys, before we get into our NFL, uh, into our NFL spread picks. Time out, Richard. Okay, I, I do not appreciate this. I do not appreciate this. Okay, there's another team in the preseason who was absolutely electric, and you're just like completely just walking over them. No, Chicago. no, no. I'm sorry. Kev, 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 we'll talk about them. We'll talk about them. You went um, three, Richard. Three and one in the preseason. This is electric. If you scale this throughout the regular season, we would be one of the greatest teams to ever play this game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we, yes, we, we had a 22-point comeback in the fourth quarter where we outscored uh, the Thunder 34 to 13. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this... Uh, this uh, game right now, um, you really, you really, you guys really killed it with uh, Diallo and the Justin Jackson minutes for the fun. For the fun <laughs> like, he has that. playoff. Let's let's agree with that. A lot of these young players, unknown players in OKC, has playoff minutes and has playoff experience. Look, okay? no, Kev, and for, look, I, I, I have all the respect for you. Like the Hamidou Diallo minutes, the Mike Muscala the Frank Jackson minutes. You guys had to win those minutes. And we did. You guys did. You guys did. And you came back. You beat, Leaf. you beat Isaiah Robbie. You guys he deserved is an win. Veteran, okay. It comes mm-hmm. from that Nate McMillan system. TJ Leaf comes from a Nate McMillan system. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nate, okay. well, Nate McMillan's looking for a job right now though. It doesn't matter. He had a great he had a great few years with uh Indiana. Yeah. And then okay. he got five. No, but good, right. good for Shout you. Shout out to Bulls, man. Let's let's run the table this year, boys. I'm excited. I can't wait till I can't wait till like three games in where I get like that false confidence in me where I make yeah. outrageous wagers and then uh, you know Chicago goes and depresses me again. So that's, I'm excited for that. That's the worst thing that could happen is if the Bulls get off to like a three and zero start and then it's over. No, no, that's that's Chicago hurts me. Okay, that's kind of the toxic relationship that we have. Just yeah. let him be here, Richard. <laughs> All right, okay. let's go to the next topic. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, though. I, I'll say this. Um, because you're my boy, I watch, like, at least I watch highlights of the Chicago Bulls preseason, and, like, oh. Colby White has looked pretty good. He didn't look I mean, great last game. He looked terrible. But there were a couple games where he, had, he looked pretty good. And Patrick Williams also kind of looked all right. Dude, Patrick Williams looks sick. Patrick mm-hmm. Williams. My flower boy looks sick. I picked him late in my draft, too. He's my child now, too. All my fantasy players are my children, okay? Patrick Williams is my child, and he's electric. He's got a great future ahead of him. And you're just jealous because you wish you could have him. I I mean, I, there's not a single night where I go to bed uh, thinking about <laughs> what could have been with a Patrick Williams on my team. 
You guys should have tanked like us. We intentionally tanked for Patrick Williams last year. Just so you know. Yeah. And that's good, but we just won a championship a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. We still have six banners with cobwebs on them. Six. Kevin, you weren't in this country when that was happening. Cobwebs. Oh, wow. Sorry. Just I have to be in this country to enjoy this sport, Richard. I didn't Kevin. know that. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's let's do our let's do our version of the NBA GM survey. So, as sure. you guys know, every single year, uh, the GMs there's a survey. They give their predictions for the upcoming season. Um, it's always something I kind of look forward to every single year. So, yeah, what were you gonna say, Kev? Nothing, nothing. I was just giggling. You're giggling. Why are you giggling? I don't know. Like I, I look forward to like college championship weekend or like NBA finals weekend or NBA all-star weekend or I Super Bowl. Love, you I, wait I love, for the GM survey to drop. I think they're fun. John, do you think GM surveys are fun? I think they're kind of neat. Yeah, I mean, you get to see how GMs around the league view certain players, coaches. It's it's always interesting to see that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying, guys are built different. But yeah. I mean, it's not like I have a, like in, in my calendar set, oh, today's the day the GM survey is going to drop. <laughs> the alarm, alarm goes off in your phone when you wake up and you're just so excited. Like, oh, oh, the GM survey's out. I got I to gotta read it. I'm sorry. I, this is the type of stuff that gets me really, really excited. I really want to know who like Bob Myers thinks is going to be the, um, the the head coach that makes the best in-game adjustments. I'm sorry. <laughs> I respect that. Um, okay. Okay. Here we go. Let's get into it. Uh, let's quickly run through all of these, and then we'll get to our football picks. We're going to start off from the top. Which team wins the NBA Finals? We did that on our preseason picks. Let's see here. Let's we see also what... rank uh, the Western and Eastern Conference as well. Okay. Uh, ends up in the playoffs. Let's go with let, Let's go with this first question that I that I have over here. Mm-hmm. If you were to start a fa- franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? The GMs had Giannis number one at eighty six percent, and then Anthony Davison and Luca at seven apiece. What say you guys? If, if uh, right now, based off players' age and their performance and their injury history, it would have to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. One hundred percent. What about uh, you, Rich? I think you're looking at last year's GM survey. No, really? this year's. No, this, no, this year's year, this year's survey has Giannis at forty three percent and Luca at forty three percent. My bad. That's yeah. That's twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. My bad. Jesus, I've been yeah. waiting for this all my life. <laughs> forty three and forty three. Well, they're, they're tied, but still, I'll take Giannis. My bad. My bad. Okay, here we go again. I I, I take Giannis as well. What about yeah, you, John? That, that, that's fair. I mean, Giannis is the popular pick, I think, because you know he's a two way player. He's dominant in the paint, but just in terms of his ability to develop a jump shot, I think I'm going with Luca over Giannis, man. Because Luca himself, he's already an, an elevator on the offensive end, and you know the defensive end, you could just fill that out with other players. But I think, in a, especially in a league like today, where offense is definitely favored over defense, I think you got to go with a guy like Luca. Mm. Okay, I mean, you can't go wrong. That's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Like the way I think about Luca is he's kind of like a James Harden. I think James Harden is better than Luca right now, and I prefer Giannis over James Harden. So I just I'll roll with Giannis. That's so, a- some say Luca is a bust. I'm not saying it. I won't say it. I some, wouldn't. Some, um, okay, here we go. Um, Who is the best point guard in the NBA right now? Ooh. That's a tough one. It's tough, let, yeah. let me just say this before you guys say anything. Max Kellerman says Damian Lillard is the best point guard in the NBA. I mean, Dame mm. is still sick. Dame is sick. Dame is really, really talented. Yeah. I just um, don't want to cloud your judgment with what uh, Max Kellerman said. Max only fits facts, though. Um, I'm looking at the, uh, the percentage of the votes over here, and I like LeBron James. LeBron James is the best point guard. I know he's not classified as a point guard, but he, he facilitates the ball better. He controls the offense. He can score if he has to, and he's very dominating in any position, and one being the point guard. Wait. I'm sorry, Kevin. LeBron is what? What? Dominating in every position. I'm sorry. I thought yeah. about something else. 
Oh, oh, nope. <laughs> no, Richard, oh. we're not trying to cancel, okay? Let's not do this. I don't know what you're thinking, but I don't trust it. No, LeBron, I'm, I'm sure he is, though. Like, if we just objectively think about it, I'm sure he is. Okay. All right. Glad. I'm glad we objectively John, agree to it. John, who's who's the best point guard in the NBA? It's tough for me because I look at, you know, Luka Doncic, I'd probably pick him, but is he a point guard? You know, he's on the shooting guard list, and he could even be on the small forward list, so... I don't know where to put guys like Luka or LeBron James. To me, they're just like positionless guard forwards. But if I had to pick, I think I'd have to go with Damian Lillard right now, just based off what we saw last season. You know, Steph Curry will probably have something to say with that going forward into this season. And when he's healthy, he's probably the best point guard. But going into this season, I'd have to pick Dame, just because, you know, we're seeing him shoot now from half court casually. So logo Lillard is a thing. And, you know, Portland, they're really happy to have, you know, a guy like Dame Lillard on their team. And mm-hmm. he's just a great player. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let, let's make a rule here. Uh, no double picks for all the positions. So if we, if I pick LeBron now, I can't pick him up at small forward or mm-hmm. uh, center or power forward or shooting guard. Okay. Or, or sixth man. Okay. Yeah, definitely not sixth man. Uh, that, that one's easy. <laughs> Over his dead body is <laughs> I'm I'm also going to go with LeBron James here, I think. LeBron James, let's be honest, he's been a point guard for his entire career. So um, I'm going to go with LeBron here. Best shooting guard. I don't think this one's even close. I think it's James Harden by a wide margin. And clearly Daryl Morey and the GMs think the same way. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Bradley Beal, 11%. Luka, 11%. James Harden is there for a wide wide margin, you know, 68%. So Mm -hmm. I'd have to agree James Harden is probably the best shooting guard in the league. He's an offense in himself. So just that fact alone, I think, elevates him above his his other competitors in that Mm -hmm. uh, spot. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. James Harden? Oh, sorry, I, I I don't go with uh, I, I don't go with the flow of everybody. Sorry, I'm gonna pick the one guy the one guy who's proven he can put his team on his back and carry them, play every last living second. Even if your back is broken, your knees broken, whatever, he'll carry him to the finish line or at least try to. And that is Jimmy G buckets. And the G stands for gets. It's not pretty, but he gets it, baby. Jimmy Butler, one of the most versatile shooting guards. Available in the league right now, Jimmy okay. Butler. That's it. Lock it in. Who can't shoot? It, it don't matter. It don't matter. He gets buckets. He gets. Okay. Did you not see him in the playoffs? Yeah, he no, I've, I've, I've playoffs. Who, who people, is? People respect on big face coffee. But go ahead. Oh, that was such a biased answer. Um, but we are, we are all very unbiased. Um, I'm, I'm a big J. Okay, I don't have biased answers. Right. Right. Who's the best small forward in the NBA? Kevin. Okay, you're going to start with me right now? Yes. The best small forward in the league, since I already took LeBron, it will be Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard will be my small forward here. Defensively, he's a god. He's a god defensively. It's, um, it's Patrick Williams. Huh? It's Patrick Williams for me. He will be in like a year or two, just so you know. Okay, I want you guys to mark it on a calendar, a year or two from now. So it'll be December 19th, 2021, or December 19th, 2022, where we talk about Patrick Williams being the best small forward in the league. But uh, I'm taking Kawhi Leonard over here. He, there's just, he's just too good not to take him over here. John, what about you? You know, I'd, I'd want to say Kawhi Leonard too, but I think just in general, when you see his play in the regular season, he's not as attentive. You know, he's just oftentimes he's taking plays off on defense so he's not always going to be that impactful and especially with all those things that came out this past season about how Kawhi was practicing on his own and all this drama that's coming around him mm-hmm. I think I'd have to go with Kevin Durant coming back to a f- potentially MVP form this season you know when Kevin Durant's healthy he's the best player in the world I think you know just in terms of his ability to create his own shot and Maybe that's part of me hoping that he comes back to MVP form for my fantasy team because I drafted him there. So that's a 
that's a little bit of my um uh, i guess my fantasy bias but mm-hmm. regardless kevin durant it's it's inarguable that when he's healthy he is one of the best players in the league probably mm-hmm. top three yeah i i also have kevin durant i I've, I watched, like, a little bit of Brooklyn playing, and, like, I saw what Kevin Durant was doing off his Achilles there. I'm like, yeah, okay, he's back. He's fine. So I'm going to go with Kevin Durant. Yeah. Best power forward in the game. I, th- I feel like we're all going to agree on this. I have Giannis. Yeah. Like, no. I mean, that's fair, but I, I think I'd go with Anthony Davis over Giannis, honestly, if we're talking, oh. like, power forwards. Okay. I think Giannis is probably the better defender just because he's a little more athletic. But mm-hmm. I think AD's offensive versatility, like you saw him the last game, he hit like six threes or something. Yeah, I mean, again, I, the preseason, I, but mm-hmm. still, that's that's pretty impressive. Right. I had Anthony Davis as a center, but no, that yeah. that makes sense. But Kevin, what do you have? So the reason why I picked Kawhi in my small forward was because I wanted to use KD in my power forward position. KD is tall enough and lanky enough uh, to hang with the big boys at the four. And four nowadays is standing by in the corner. They're not inside anymore. KD is my number four. And I agree with you, Rich. I saw him play in the preseason game. Dude, he looked sick. That stop on the dime, pull up three. He looks like the old KD. Mm -hmm. I like KD more for me. Okay. And I got Giannis. And then wrapping up with the setter. I'm. I have Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is insane. He's. I. I think he's better than Nikola Jokic. Like there was a time when I thought otherwise. I think Anthony Davis is better. Mm-hmm. He's far better. One hundred percent. I'm taking Giannis over here. I, I like. <laughs> I like my center to be versatile. If Jokic was more athletic and lankier, he would uh-huh. be Giannis. It'd be Giannis. Giannis is my center. <laughs> Look, if I was more athletic and lankier, I'd be Giannis as well. I don't know about that. You don't, you don't <laughs> have the core version like you don't have the core well, like Giannis. I don't, I don't know. Like it would have to be a, a a huge increase in lankiness and a huge increase in athleticism. But like with, <laughs> enough, with enough increase, I'd be like Giannis as well. Am I, am I quoting quoting DJ Khaled over here? Am I not accurate? Am mm. I not accurate? By saying, uh, uh, I think you uh, are. Thank you. Thank you're you. onto something. Thank uh, you. John, I, who's I, your pick? I, I think if Giannis played the center position more, I think he'd be super effective mm-hmm. because if you replace Brooke Lopez in that lineup for Giannis, mm-hmm. he's just gonna be all over the floor. He's the ultimate switch defender. If mm-hmm. you have him on your defense, I think it would just improve generally. But you know, I don't think Coach Bud is creative enough to even. You know, process the fact that Giannis can play center, but we'll we'll have to see. I guess. I mean, I guess I'm not giving Coach Bud enough credit, but whatever, man. Yeah, I, I'd pick Giannis here at the center position. That's fair. So for the next few, let's just do some rapid fire before we wrap up with our football picks. So real quick, offseason moves. Which team made the best overall move this offseason? Uh, which team made the best overall moves uh, this offseason? I got the I got the Lakers. I, I have think. the Sixers. Okay. Yeah, I have either the Sixers or the Hawks. I'm taking the Sixers. I I have the Lakers just because they extended LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they did a lot of cool shit. But like, you extend the two best players in the NBA. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, which one player acquisition will make the biggest impact? Hmm. So. I, 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 like, I'm looking at the list right now. Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Serge Ibaka. Chris Paul has to be it. They are, they've always needed a, a point guard presence over mm-hmm. there to alleviate a lot of pressure away from Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris Paul is going to be that person. He's a veteran. He's a floor general. He's yeah. going to be very useful on a team like that. Yeah, I, I think i got to go with Chris Paul. I think he's the one player who can push a team from. I, I think either him or Russell Westbrook for me because they can push their teams into the playoffs from just being a regular team. Mm-hmm. So that I think Serge I think Serge is going to make a big difference in LA because um you know just replacing Montrez Harrell with uh, Serge Ibaka's play in terms of his shooting, his defense, his rebounding. I think he's 
everything that you'd want from Harrell plus more. So I think he's gonna make a big difference in LA. Sorry to cut you off, Rich. No, no, you're 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 good. Um, I was thinking about doing the most surprising move this off season, but I think it's pretty clear giving Gordon Hayward 120 million dollars takes that one. And um, he broke he, his finger. Exactly. He broke his finger. Yeah, I know. Ready. I know. I don't get it. The Hornets just have the worst luck, man. Whenever they extend a, or whenever they sign a player to this big contract, they always just get injured. But here's the thing, John. Like they do have the worst luck, but that's because they make poor decisions. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Like, like Hayward isn't really a clean bill of health. Well, yeah. Like, like if you roll the dice like this all the time. Like, <laughs> hey, well, you, we all know Michael Jordan likes to roll the dice. Uh-huh. Okay, let's not bring up his gambling problems. That's not fair. He's not here to defend himself, okay? That's, um, <laughs> that's, fair. that's fair. That was a little bit uh, a a little below bit. the belt. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, quickly, I'll, I'll do the rookie ones myself. Who will win Rookie of the Year? Malachi Flynn. Best player yeah. in five years, Malachi Flynn. And biggest steal was Malachi Flynn. So, okay. we'll move over to the coaches. Who's the best coach in NBA? <sighs> Billy Donovan. I knew Billy it. Billy is the greatest coach in the NBA. Disgusting, Kevin. Huh? I'll have you to just, humbly disagree. You just, like, you, you, you went below the belt for Malachi Flynn for everything. Everything. You, I'd love to do this for Billy Donovan, who actually yeah. had a track record. Actually what? had a track record as a good coach. Wait, what? First of all, John, who's winning that 2020-2021 Rookie of the Year? Malachi Flynn, right? Patrick Williams. Yeah, it's, it's probably Malachi Flynn. Who's who's, who's the rookie? Which, which rookie is going to be the best player in five years, John? Oh, easily Malachi Flynn. Oh, my Lord. On the draft, John. Oh, easily Malachi Flynn. Come on, at 29? Anyways, Kevin. <laughs> I can't do this. Okay, who's your coach of the year, guys? Um, Who's the best co- head coach? Best in the, coach. I, I think it's... I think it's... Uh, Dwayne Casey? Dwayne Casey. Um, I think I I think Eric Spolster is a little much here, but um, it's a little bit high. I just think I just don't know if there's that big. Like, I could go with Eric Spolster, but like, I'm kind of shook by like the big jump from everyone else and Eric Spolster. Like, how everyone's in 11 to 18 range here, like. Um, and then you have like Spolstra at 46. I don't know if it's that big of a gap. Um, it's the recency bias. It, it's For definitely sure. recency bias here. Um, I think Nick Nurse is up there. I think Brad Stevens is still a good coach. I, I really like Rick Carlisle. I think he's great. Um, mm. I'm going to go with Rick Carlisle. Ugh, Interesting. Gross. Him and Nick Nurse are probably my favorite coaches. Him and Navbati are best friends. That's good. That's true. They I mean, go to dinner every time it comes to, it comes to Toronto. I think in the opinion on who who the best coaches in the NBA, I think it just depends on what you value in your coach, whether they're better motivator or manager, or if they're better, you know, tactician of uh, offensive or defensive schemes. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at the whole, like you know, the whole mix of everything you want out of a head coach. I think the coach that is the most impactful probably is Nick Nurse. And I know this is going to sound biased, but if you just look at what he did last year with that yeah. roster, with all the injuries that the Raptors faced, mm-hmm. just the ability for Nick Nurse to plug in guys that come in from the G League and still you know, have somewhat of a good team, I think that's very telling of how good of a coach Nick Nurse is. Yeah. And I have no problem with guys like Eric Spolstra, Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. Brad Stevens. All of these coaches are pretty much on the same level as a guy like Nick Nurse, so yeah. I don't have any problem with Eric Spolstra being at the top of that list. But for me, I just say Nick Nurse is the best coach. Yeah, and that's also the thing. Like we're a very unbiased podcast, so yes. for yeah. John you to make a statement like that, like we'll let that one slide every now and then to add some bias. Um, here's an interesting one: um, which newer relocated head coach will make the biggest impact on this team? I already know. I already know what the answer is here for Kev. Are we doing this? Like this is it's, crazy, guys. It's definitely Billy Donovan. Okay, thank you. Okay, I'm glad. Um, 
I think. Um, I think it's. I think it might be Ty Lue because he has probably one of. It's either Ty Lue or or Steve Nash for me, just because of the job that they have. Like Steve Nash has to figure out Kyrie Irving, while Ty Lue has to settle down an entire organization that seems like it's kind of like marred by culture problems. So that's my two. So Ty Lue, Ty Lue should pull out his uh, antics from I think it was 2015 NBA Finals where he took money from all the players and staff and hid it in the, in the uh, ceiling of their arena mm-hmm. or like one of their offices and then just say, yeah. I'll, I'll give this back to you if you guys play hard. <laughs> Kawhi's going to beat him up if he does. <laughs> um, but, uh, John, who's your, uh, who's your guy? Honestly, when I look at the field... I, I have to go with, I, I think Kevin's going to like this pick, but I think I'm going to have to go with Tom Thibodeau. I think New York really needs a coach like Tom Thibodeau because, you know, he's going to get them to work hard, I think. You know, he's going to yell at them a lot. You know, his voice is like really raspy, so maybe that'll uh, get through to some of the minds of the young players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully things look up for New York. I mean, I, I, I hate the fact that I just said that, but. You know, you got to feel bad for the Knicks, man. They've been suffering for 20 years now. I, I agree with your pick, John. Tom Tom Thibodeau is arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Look at Chicago Bulls' early years. <laughs> Track record. That's all I have to say. <laughs> unbiased. If you listen to our podcast, unbiased, unbiased reporting. Unbiased only. Um, no, but I'm just glad Bobby Portis is not there. Because if he was there, Tom Thibodeau's face would have been broken. Shout out to Nico Pitch. <laughs> Um, here's a, here's a question that's not on this list. Which, which team is the best in terms of developing players? Denver Nuggets. I have the Miami Heat. Yeah, I I think I'm going to say Spurs. Okay. That's a good pick too. You guys didn't ask this one question, Rich. What the heck, man? Which, which question? What was, uh, what was the most underrated player acquisition? Oh, okay. Which one? Who you got? Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is the most underrated player acquisition. I mean, Clay Thompson. That, you're not. You're, you're not. Your tax bill by sixty million dollars. Yeah, but I mean, for a team that just lost Clay Thompson, they need somebody to fill in that void. Do you think it's going to be Andrew Wiggins? No, it's Jeremy Lin. They just signed him. No, it's not. Jeremy Lin also came out after. Shams reported saying that guys, stop freaking out. This is not finalized yet. And even if Jeremy Lin comes in, I don't think it's going to be a guaranteed contract. And that, that's a team that's never cared about spending money. Golden State, Golden State has been a team that's willing to pay whatever it is just so the fans are happy and the team does well. And that's what they're going to do. Kelly Oubre, who cares? Pay a little extra, that's fine. But Kelly Oubre is a stud, you know? In many ways, more than just basketball, but basketball being one of it too. Dude, kid ball. And it, it's a really good piece brought over to fill in that void of uh, uh, Clay Thompson this year. Kev, how do you feel about the Kelly Oubre uh, acquisition now that he's getting engaged? How do you feel about that? I'm just saying, his outfit during his engagement, he looked like a cruise line waiter. I don't know what was with that outfit. He looked like a cruise line waiter. That's all I have to say. He's always swaggy and drippy, but that was not it. Um, yeah, I, I was just saying, if I had to give any tips during that day, if he asked me, yo, Kev, what do you think of today? I'd be like, yo, just change your outfit. Is that what you're wearing? That's what I would ask. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> underrated, I think Seth Curry's a good pick here because he's going to be that player that brings that three-point shooting to Philadelphia. You know, he's going to fill in as that uh, J.J. Redick-type player. He's a career, I think, 44% three-point shooter. So mm-hmm. if you put that alongside the playmaking of Ben Simmons, you know, get him on actions with uh, handoffs with Joel Embiid, I think it's going to be a pretty good place for Seth Curry to uh, really pop off and, you know, hopefully be better than his dad at least. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if he's worse than his dad at the end of his career, it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to be uh, the worst. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Aaron Baines just because when the Raptors acquired Jesus. him, they didn't just acquire Aaron Baines. They also acquired the Baines fan club account on Twitter. Yep. Yep. 
Are, okay. Arguably uh, one of the biggest fan, fan club accounts in Twitter. So shout yeah. out. Very underrated. Um, mm-hmm. On that, should we uh, should we do our football picks to wrap up? Oh yes, sir. Let's do it. Um, before, before we jump into it, just a quick reminder, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Kevin, let's start with our football picks, and then we'll finish up with John's uh, poor picks. Kev, who you got this week? Okay, this week we got um, the Bucks versus the Falcons. Bucks, I'm a little concerned for them. Because I, I don't think some of the key, key players are playing this week. But also, you look at the Falcons. Julio's out. Uh, Calvin Ridley was hurt last game. Without those guys, Matt Ryan is nothing. He's reduced to dust. So I'm taking the box minus six on this. Because Brady's worked with far less. Shout out to the Patriots. And he's done far more. So I'm taking box minus six over there. Next, we have, let's see, uh, Chicago Bears versus Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Vikings are favored by three points. Vikings are at home. But I think the Bears are starting to tick up. Their defense is playing much better just purely because the offense is starting to show up. Mitch, he's trying to find, starting to find his rhythm. David Montgomery has arguably been the best running back in the league over the past two weeks just because of his like one or two runs where he just breaks the defense. So I'm taking Bears plus three over here. Next up, we have Seattle Seahawks versus Washington football team. Seattle Seahawks are favored by six, six, uh, six points. Washington is at home. Washington just announced that they're starting Dwayne Haskins. With Dwayne Haskins, they're lost. Because Alex Smith, he might not win you the game, but he'll try to cover the spread. So I'm taking Seahawks minus six on this. Easy peasy, 11 squeezy, give me that money. Next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs going over to the Saints. Saints are at home. Uh, Saints also uh, have Drew Brees back. KC is favored by three points. But Saints also don't have their top receiver, who is Michael Thomas. And Brees, without his top receiver, Michael Thomas, who he was targeting almost nine to ten times. No, who he was hitting almost nine to ten times last year. Uh, I would take KC minus three. And you know what? Since we're in week 15, I want, I want to give you guys a little cherry on top. Cherry on top because, you know, you guys deserve to be. My cherry on top is tonight's game, Panthers versus Packers. Minus 8.5 for the Packers. Packers are at home. Teddy Bridgewater is back. Christian McCaffrey is not playing. DJ Moore is not playing. But it doesn't matter. I'm taking the over 52. Over 52. Lock it in, boys and girls. And everybody. Everybody. Nice. Uh, <laughs> My picks. I actually, I, I really like the board this week. There's some good games. Um, oh, great games. Start off with the Dolphins versus the Patriots. Dolphins are at home. I, the spread is so low. I love the Dolphins here. I just don't know what the Patriots are going to do with the Dolphins' defense. It's just so good this year. The Dolphins have a top five defense, and Tua doesn't turn the ball over. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I think that's a no-brainer for me. Uh, oh, next, my God. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so, but Rich, you do realize, like, at a, like uh, Parker isn't playing. Mike Gusecki isn't care. playing. Those are the only two guys that catch the ball on that team. I, I don't, I don't care about that. I think the and Gaskins isn't playing. The second, second running back. That's that's fine. I think the Patriots are so bad this year with. Cam okay, okay, and, okay. I take personal <laughs> offense to this. But Kevin, let let I just I think the Dolphins' defense is going to shut this team out, and Tua doesn't turn the ball over. Cam does. Oh, you don't think Tua's going to throw turn the ball over this week without his options? I think Tua's going to be fine. Maybe I think he's going to be fine enough to cover. Gentleman's wager. Gentleman's wager. I will take you. I'll I'll take money line against you wait, right now. Wait, you're taking the Patriots money line? Money line against you right now. Why are we betting? between ourselves when we're we can just bet i'm the- offended i'm i'm personally offended i'm i'm an unbiased journalist so i'm personally offended okay mm-hmm. I'll, look i'm gonna finish up my picks i got the dolphins minus two i think it's a no-brainer um i'm gonna go with the giants plus six at home against the browns i think the giants are gonna come back after last week and play a close game let's see here next up i'm gonna go with the Vikings minus three. I think the Vikings are kind of okay. And this is a big game for the Vikings. 
they're at home. I think they're going to beat the Bears. And then my last pick here. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the Titans. Minus 11 against the Lions. I think the Lions are terrible. Galladay's not, not, not there. So they're going to lose. And they're going to lose by a lot. Is the Titans. And it's also Derrick Henry's season. So I'm going to take the Titans here. As my four picks, Kevin gave his picks. John, are you ready for yours? Yeah, let's do it, man. Kev, you want to start it up? Yes, sir. Uh, let's take the Dolphins versus Patriots. Dolphins are favored by two points. Dolphins are home. Dolphins have nobody on their team other than their defense. John, who do you have? I got the Dolphins, bro. Dolphin gang. I need this. Thank you. Um, let's go. We get it's an, it's another week, so we got to go with the Washington football team, John's team. <laughs> They're at home against the Seahawks, six-point underdog. I, I got to go with my boys at the Washington football team, man. I mean, look at how I've supported them the whole season, and look at how they're doing. <laughs> Look, they're they're in the playoffs. They're in the, they're in the hunt. They're in a playoff spot. I no, I think they are in the playoff spot right yeah, now. Yeah, they are. They're I, yeah, exactly. They're they're playing the Seahawks. Yeah, they have I think a two game lead in their division. So yeah, kind of crazy. They could beat the Seahawks in the playoffs too. Yeah, if John, is come. Will, John is willing this team to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, do my part. Do my part. <laughs> Next up, we have the Cleveland Browns versus New York Giants. I think the Giants are starting Daniel Jones this week. Giants are home. Cleveland Browns are favored by six points. Who do you got? Ooh, I think I'm gonna have to go with the Giants on that one. Okay. Okay. Daniel Jones is questionable. So we'll see yeah. what happens tomorrow. Last game. Here we go. Kansas City, New Orleans Saints. Chiefs are on the road. Three points a favorite. Who you got? I got Kansas City, man. Kansas City. Okay, okay. so okay. the picks this week for John are the Saints. Uh, they are. We have the Seahawks, the Patriots, and... Um, we said the Giants. Did you say the Browns? Giants, so Browns. Okay. We well, stick Giants, so it would be Browns. Okay. There we go. There's the picks. Um, <laughs> on that note, guys, we probably should wrap this one up. Kevin's got a big day of college football. I have a big day at State. So let's get after it. Ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. We'll be back next week. The NBA season's coming. Peace. Peace. Stop that recording.